0: I wish you weren't listening to this podcast, bear with me for a second. I wish we could tell you a good news story from the vibrant, kind and energetic city of Sunderland. I wish you were listening to stories of the successes of our athletes, the popularity of our music scene and the wonder of our wider culture. Now those stories are real and are there to be told. However, today we'll be telling you about the dystopian reality of warm spaces This is Word on Wearside. Life in the UK in 2022 is bleak. As a result of political uncertainty and war in Europe, the cost of everything from petrol to pears is sky high. Inflation, too, is at a 40-year high. The impact of prices being higher than ever can be seen most clearly in household energy bills, Families up and down the country simply can't afford to put the heating on, and some are making the choice between heating and eating. That's where warm spaces come in. I want to talk about warm banks.
1: A council in our region has come up with a way to help people keep warm. So-called warm spaces. Warm spaces. Warm banks.
0: Warm spaces. Warm banks. Warm banks. This country is now a place where warm banks apparently proliferate. Warm banks, a place you go to if you're cold. Often called warm banks, given their similarity to food banks, warm spaces are community-run indoor locations where anyone can seek respite from the cold and stay warm without having to turn on their own heating.
2: Warm spaces are set up and organised by councils across the UK to try and help people during the um, energy cost crisis, which obviously at the moment is ravaging homes, communities across the country, um, just as a place for people to go and save a bit of cash and make sure that they're in a relatively comfortable place for when they can't put the heating on, can't put the kettle on, things like
0: that. That's Jason Button, a journalist from Sunderland who's been reporting on warm spaces over the last few weeks. I spoke to him to find out more about them and what Sunderland has to offer. My first question was to find out how we've ended up in this situation.
2: It is, it's it's terrifying isn't it? There's obviously a multitude of factors that you can see through reading papers and that sort of thing and everyone's going to have their own say on what's impacted it more, whether it be COVID and the precautions that people went through in the very early stages of that, or current crisis in Ukraine. I think it's it's a multitude of a lot of those things. I think the government itself and the cabinet haven't exactly helped themselves in the current scheme of things. But again, it, I think it's down to interpretation more than anything else and for people far, far smarter than me to, to try and work out how we've got to this point.
0: In Sunderland, where we are now, a lot of places have kind of opened up their doors in recent weeks to volunteer to be warm spaces. How many are there in Sunderland? There's 55 at the moment, and I believe there's another three or
2: four that are putting precautions in place to make sure that they can bring people in. Right, that
0: shows the generosity.
2: It does. It's it's a it's a brilliant city when when that sort of thing happens. Yeah.
0: What have we got? There's kind of well-being centres. There's there's cafes. There. There's
2: all oh, there's all sorts of things. Anything from cafes, libraries. There's some places that are set up by the councils, for example, like libraries, like I said, and some that are just purely offering a space to be for a couple of hours. There's some that are offering um, games for kids. There's some that are offering like hot meals. There's also some council-run community centres that are offering like, money-saving schemes and that sort of thing to try and encourage people to maybe not necessarily need the support that's being given over a long-term periods, which I think we all want, to be honest. I can't imagine what it must be like to have to go into a place like that and just be there because you can't afford to heat your own home through no fault of your own. It's a shame that it's got to this point, but as you said before, it shows that not everyone is awful, and that people really want to try and help others in need when they can.
0: Speaking of people who want to help others who are in need, let's hear from someone who is doing just that. Kim McCulloch is project lead and a community counsellor at Sunderland-based Impact North East, a regional leader in therapeutic services that is doubling up as a warm space for the winter. Our reporter Bethany has been to speak to Kim and started off by asking her why Impact North East decided to open its doors as a warm space.
1: I think it's because where we're based, it's like in the in the of community really, and it's, we've got a lot of people in the community who already come and use our services for different things, like food banks, and we're quite, the people around here are quite familiar with us. Um, have you seen an increase sort of in people using this or a warm space since it's sort of... The past few weeks, it's, it's started to get a lot busier, and I think that's probably got a lot to do with the weather, you know, but it's, it's like there's people who come in for counselling and things, and, and they'll obviously tell you how, how they're struggling with the cost of living crisis. So we obviously have the warm space, so therefore we can ask these people, look, you know, do you want to come in? And and it's safe that gas electric as well, people can come in with the kids, do the homework rather than use their own gas and electric at home.
3: Do you think that you see sort of a certain specific age range of people coming in here, or would
1: you say it's quite varied? It's quite varied, and I think... Especially with the cost of living crisis, it's more so people who are actually working as well now, which were usually it was mainly unemployed, but now it's, it could be anybody. Anybody.
3: Do you think? I know this is a bad thing to think about, but do you think as winter, so we get more in winter, more people will start using this?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I've actually just been on i um, I've been on a web this morning, like a webinar. It was about more of a discussion about. Um, suicide prevention and that was due to the cost of living as well and we did discuss the warm spaces and how we can like when we're trained we can, when people come in we're looking for to see if they're doing all right and, and if there is then obviously we've got a facility where we can signpost and, and make sure they go to the right people if that does happen, you know so that's something else that we have got here yeah, but yeah, I think it's as it's as it's getting colder we're to see more people because like I said just over the past couple of weeks finding yeah. focus of more people yeah
3: and do you think that the sort of cost of living energy crisis has quite a big impact on people's mental health? oh definitely
1: yeah definitely I mean as a counselor as well, I'm seeing a lot more clients who are coming in who are struggling. These people are working. They've got got jobs, and they're still struggling. And we're having to like, look, see, look, it's okay. If we'll do you some food, you know, you can take that. And that, over, I would say over the past couple of months, has definitely increased. Yeah, it has. But
3: places like this sort of help break the stigma around it as well, don't they? Because obviously, well, I would like to think so.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there'll always be stigma out there about having to ask for help. There will, yeah. but you know what? If if we can get the word out there, which we do as much as what we can then hopefully people will see it then they'll come in and know that they're going to be welcome yeah. and looked after. I
3: think that like every voice counts, so like the more people who start speaking about it, sort of the more people
1: are going to open up that's and actually... It. That, that's exactly what it is. It's like if, if you can talk about it, it's word of mouth, it gets round, you know, and yeah. somebody you know somebody who needs help and that's yeah. what they're here
0: for. That was Bethany speaking to Kim McCulloch from Impact Northeast. And Bethany joins me now. Hello Bethany.
1: Hi.
3: How
0: was it to speak to somebody involved in the running of a warm space?
3: It was so lovely to speak to her because obviously like you hear about warm spaces and warm banks all the time on the news or like we've been talking about them on this but actually speaking to someone who has first-hand experience of you know chatting to people working with people or even just being in the environment of a warm space I think it's quite nice to hear their side of things.
0: Absolutely. And what impression did you get from Impact North East as a warm space when you were there?
3: I think it's quite different to what we were expecting, but that's not a bad thing at all. Like you can tell as you go in, it is quite welcoming and there's plenty of spaces for people to go, whether they want to sit in sort of a room that gives a very community feel to it so they can gather together or even like individual rooms so they can have their own personal space. But I think there's something for everyone in there.
0: And if anybody listening to this needs to use a warm space, would you would you recommend Impact North East as a, as a place to go for that?
3: Oh, definitely. I think they've got the space for it, you know, like I've just said, sort of the privacy or the community or just the people who work there, like Kim, for example, she's so lovely. They'll be willing to listen to you, you know, give you a hand with anything you need. Being there as well, you get a sense of the community and, you know, again, talking to Kim, I think because there's people like that then because of the area if people wanted to go there there'll be no stress or worry for them to think that there's not going to be anyone for them to talk to because we touched on the stigma in the interview of going to places like this talking about mental health but i think places like this they don't care as much about the stigma like to them it's more about helping people and not letting people stress about what they're going to do where they're going to go who they're going to talk to and that's the main aim of places like these
0: amazing thanks bethany you're welcome Now, back to Jason, who's talking about the stigma, if indeed there is one, about using warm spaces.
2: I think because it's more of a acceptable, acceptable is the wrong term, but it's more of a well-known issue at the moment that kind of impacts everyone. I feel like that's going to help people who may need to go to these places feel more accepted in doing so. Um, I think food banks, there's some people in society that kind of make it look like an us and them sort of situation. Whereas I think because everyone is impacted by the cost of energy crisis, if not accepting, there'll be at least understanding of people's positions. I hope so anyway, because yeah. I think it'd be awful if it did reach a point of us and them again.
0: Only recently as well, we've seen interest rates go up to it, 3% now. Are more and more people going to become reliant? Yeah, it's it's something that genuinely impacts hundreds and hundreds of people.
2: Like, um, at the moment in the UK, there's 3.9 million kids in poverty. And in the northeast, on average, eight kids in a, in a classroom are in poverty. And I don't see how, at the moment,
0: certain communities are going to be able to keep going through it. What can people expect? I know there's a, a wide range of places that are operating as, as warm spaces, but what can people expect when they go to them if they have to? Obviously, like you said, it depends on what, is, on what the space is, whether it be
2: a community centre, library. But at the end of the day, it's a safe, welcoming place accepting place and that's I think at the moment is what we all need in one way or another. It's something that is um, absolutely vital and I think the people who run these wouldn't run it if they weren't the type of people they were and it's really important that we keep people like that around.
0: Show Sunderland off in in the best light in a situation when there isn't any light. Exactly it's the people that make Sunderland. At the start of this episode I said I wish you weren't listening to this podcast. Now that you have listened to it I hope you're glad that you did. We didn't hear about the successes of our athletes, the popularity of our music scene, or the wonder of our wider culture. What we did hear, however, was all about what the people of Sunderland have to offer during desperate times of need. And that is just as important. It is the people that make Sunderland. If you like what you heard today, make sure you check out the other episodes in the Word on Wayside series. Don't forget to leave us a review, rate us five stars and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spark
3: Sunderland. Thanks for listening.